0: Welcome to Season 2, Episode 5 of Yes, You're a Writer. I'm Ariel. With me, as always, is author Joe Whittemore. Hi, Joe.
1: Hey, Ariel. This week we're talking about, now that you've got your manuscript critiqued and it's completed and you it's nice and shiny and polished, what are you going to do with it? Do you go straight to the editors or do you get an agent first? So we're going to be talking this week about agents and the importance of agents. As you can see, I am a proponent of having an agent, but we're going to talk about what an agent can do for you and how you can go about getting an agent, and where you can even find agents. And we're also going to talk a little bit about: should you choose to forego the agent route and go directly to an editor? What are some ways you could possibly do that?
0: Cool. So you have an agent yourself? Yes, that's why you're big. Proponent. I do.
1: Yes. Well, and when I when I started out in publishing, I was unagented. I sold my first couple books by myself, and. And this is one of the reasons why I am a huge advocate for getting an agent is because you're going to be, if this is your first book, you're going to be so excited to have someone interested in your work. You're going to be willing to sell yourself short in order to sell that manuscript. And what I mean by that is you're going to be willing to take less money than you deserve and to take less rights than you deserve Just because, and I, I I know right now you're, you're listening to this and you're probably saying, that's, I'm not going to be that way. That's not me. Fie, fie. But it, and I was that same way, but it's true. You'll get to a point where if a project isn't selling well enough and someone finally has some, you get a nibble on it and someone's interested, you'll be like, okay, sure. Yeah. Oh, okay. You only want to offer me this much. Sure. I'll, I'll take it. But that's not the way to be because you have to remember that you're the asset, right? you have something that they need, that the publisher needs, right? They're not in business without people to write the books. Right. So it's important for you to remember that your work has value and that you, if you're, if especially if you're wanting to make this a career, you have to think longevity-wise, you have to think career-wise. You can't let this start being a trend for you of accepting less than you're worth because if you're willing to do that and you end up sticking with that publisher, they can continue to take... And, uh, you know, I, I don't want to say any publishers taking advantage of you, but they can continue to offer you less than you deserve because you'll be okay with it. And also, you don't know all the rights to look for. For instance, um, movie rights, film rights, right? Entertainment uh-huh. rights, audiobook rights, world rights. And what do you
0: mean by world rights? So
1: the option to sell your work to other countries in other countries.
0: Oh, and have it translated into other languages and that sort of exactly, thing?
1: Exactly, exactly. So a lot of times publishers sometimes it's a lot of times it's better for the publisher because they have better connections all over the country. If usually if you're with a smaller press, it can be better for you to hold on to those rights yourself because the smaller press might not have as much access like to Bologna Book Festival or worldwide events and they might not have the connections in other countries versus say something like simon and schuster or harper collins they have offices in other countries and so they are able to publish them in other places and they have connections everywhere
0: yeah they've got so many resources that they can tackle those problems versus a smaller publisher
1: exactly who may
0: it, have the rights that because you signed them Sign away world rights, let's say, right. to them, but they have no resources to pursue them. So exactly,
1: and they may not have, they may not be knowledgeable enough about how to profit, how to make a profit off of those rights. Uh-huh. So it's it's very careful, but, but an agent will do that for you. You can have an agent do that for you, and you can, especially um, the agency that I'm with, they have someone that specializes in film rights.
0: Oh, interesting. Yeah,
1: so someone that works in Hollywood that specifically will look at contracts for for film options. Cool. So, um, like I was saying, one of the important reasons that you want to have an agent is because you you want to have someone who isn't afraid to ask for more for you. Right, Because sometimes we're too afraid to ask for more because we're afraid that if we say, I would prefer you know, a little bit more percentage royalties or I'd prefer a better escalation clause or I'd prefer to get more author copies, we're afraid that they're going to say, well, no, you can't have five author copies. You can have three. No, never mind. We're done. <laughs> right? We're afraid we're going to lose the deal. So we're, well, I'll, I'll do whatever you want. I'll settle for whatever you want. And we, you don't want to do that. And that's where an agent steps in and takes care of that for you and can be the bad guy. Right. You're the good cop and they're the bad cop. And so they say, no, 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 this is how it's going to go down.
0: Yeah. And they have that experience of doing that because that's their job.
1: Exactly. And they know contracts back and forth. So they're able to look and see that there's something in the industry called a boilerplate contract. And basically, it's—I don't want to call it a template, but it's kind of like a basic outline for a contract. Yeah. And you know, the name gets changed and the percentages get changed, but it's basically the standard of for X amount of months, uh, you can't compete by by having a work published with a different publisher in six month within six months time of this book, or this publisher has first rights to your next work of young adult fiction. Uh so the agent will look for these kind of clauses and try and it's in their best interest because they work for you it's in their best interest to make things the best for you and of course because they get paid a percentage of the royalties right it's in their best interest to try and get you as much money out of the deal as they can yeah so those are all great reasons to have an agent some people when they're first starting out they don't have an agent if you are um, if you are practice law or if you're very, if you love contracts or you're familiar with them, then starting off with an agent might not be what you want to do. You might want to be more take charge and in control of your contract and, you know, negotiate things yourself, which you can do. But another thing that an agent can do for you is they can get you in the door to publishers. Because there are a lot of publishers out there that don't see unagented submissions. Oh, really? Yes, because there's something that's called in the industry called a slush pile. And so basically, anytime a publisher um, doesn't ask for a particular submission, and you just send something to them, it goes into a slush pile, which is just a big pile of uns. It's- obviously, it's not a pile on the floor. I mean, it can be. <laughs> it's probably
0: they- a folder in someone's computer right. these days. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> but yeah.
1: basically, all these unsolicited submissions, things that they didn't ask for. Those And they do get read, but they don't get read in as timely of a fashion as they would if it's coming from an agent. Because agents are kind of vetting proof that your work is up to snuff, that you've got a quality product. Especially if it's an agent, if it's a, you know a good named agent, someone that's got a lot of clout in the industry. So that working with an agent helps you get in the door with publishers. And also agents know which publishers... Your work would be best with right hmm. because they spend enough time they go to lunch with these editors and they they go to conferences with these editors they spend a lot of time with them and they follow them on twitter and they keep up with their blogs and so they know okay so and so loves puppies this book that you wrote about the death of puppies
0: won't probably they're be a not going to want to read yeah. about how
1: you hate puppies and want them to die so let's let's skip that editor and we'll go to someone else so And, of course, I I love puppies, so I would would not write that book. But my point is the agent will know the best person at a house, at a publishing house, to send your work to, right? And your agent will also be your cheerleader. Yeah. Right? A good agent will be a cheerleader. And I don't mean they're always going to be blowing sunshine up your butt and telling you, oh, everything's okay, it's perfect, and your work is great, just the way it is, and never change it. Because there will be times that after they've seen your work, they will suggest that you make changes to it. Or if you've gotten enough negative feedback from editors, they will suggest you make some changes to it. Right? They'll say, "Listen, you've had four people in a row tell you that there's not enough depth to the characters. Maybe you should go back and revisit that."
0: Yeah. Yeah. Right. I mean, that that's part. It's it. A good agent doesn't mean that they love you forever and ever, and they never say anything bad. It's right. It's, it's you know. It's just they, they're on the business side, and they're trying to
1: right but you they know? do encourage you and they yeah. say look you're i because they see something in your work otherwise they wouldn't want to represent you yeah. they see something in you and so they're going to be a cheerleader and be like listen yeah this we got a bunch of no's and that sucks but let's revisit this let's rework this or let's see what else you've got because they're interested you know the publisher is interested in seeing something else of yours so let's try something else so that's what a good agent will do for you they'll be your cheerleader as well
0: yeah so we we We've said this this phrase now a few times in the last couple of minutes. A good agent. So, question for you, yeah, Joe, how does one find a good agent?
1: So, to find a good agent, because there are bad ones out there, and when I talk about bad agents, I'm meaning the ones that will charge you just to read your work. Wow, right? Because there are, and it's it's very shady, but there are some out there that will say, if you send us your manuscript, you know, and you pay us fifteen hundred dollars. We'll represent your work and will no, you should never ever pay anyone with the exception of if you're like getting someone to do a critique for you and you're paying them to do that. You should never pay someone to represent your work and you should never pay someone to publish your work, right? Yeah, they should be paying you. That's how it works. So there's a website called Predators and Editors. (laughs) That's a good name. Yeah, and it outlines. And it, it has a list actually of all the good public, you know, all the good editors and agents, and the bad ones too, the ones that are are scams that you should be avoiding. But you can also go to um, websites like uh, Agent Query. That's www.agentqueryquerwhatqueryletter.com, and that has um, a, a massive list of agents that you can go to. And it even has um, how they prefer to be contacted, what kind of work they look for, what kind of work they don't like who their current clients are, and the kind of books they've published in the past. So you can kind of, either you can go look at those books, you can get a feel for what the agent is looking for, you know, that kind of thing. There's also, um, for uh, for children's writing, the Writer's Digest puts out a children's writers and illustrators market book every year. It's a really thick book, and it's full of awesome, all kinds of awesome information. But basically in that book, um, in the back of the book, there's a section about agents and also a section about editors where you can find that same information of how they prefer best to be contacted, where they're located, what work they represent, some of their examples of their bodies of work. And the same is true for editors and it will tell you certain publishers whether or not they accept unsolicited submissions, et cetera. Cool. Right. And there's also, um, not, if you, if you, don't want to go with the agent and you want to go straight to the editor i don't want you to be disheartened and think that because you don't have an agent now you don't have a chance with the editor there are plenty of opportunities where you can meet with editors or you can submit work to editors such as um Lee and low has a contest right okay it's a uh, they for um writers of color so they have a contest every year and the winner gets their work published with Lee and low or um You can have at different conferences, for example, if you submit something to a manuscript critique and an editor happens to like it when they read it, they could very well approach you and say, would you be willing to send us more? Are you interested in sending us more? So it's not to say that if you don't have an agent, there's no hope for you to work with editors because you absolutely can. It's just you may have to to work different angles than you normally would have if you were to go through an agent. God, it's like a different process. Right. And I also should say that it's not just... Uh, writer's Digest doesn't just do for the Children's Writers and Illustrators Market. They also do a Guide to Literary Agents for adults. And they also just do um, a writer's... They they also do a writer's market book. So those are cool. great resources to look at if you're interested. Um, another thing about agents, something to think about is there are different types of agents. There are some right that are... Uh, very hands-on when it comes to editing your work and there are some that they want it to be ready to go right out the gate okay so it's up to you it depends on the kind of agent you want to work with if you think you you want someone that still is going to be willing to help you go that extra mile and, and do extra editing for you then look for those kind of editors and there are some that they just want it to be perfect when it comes to them Right. And so, and, and there are some that are in that middle ground too, because I have an agent that's like that, where she'll read my work. And if she thinks that there might be something that I could use a suggestion on, she'll offer it up as an idea, but she won't say, no, I mean, you know, she'll say it's up to you completely, but here's something you might want to think about. For example, this, you know, this book is set in this time period. it's, It's overdone. Here's something you might want to think about. And it's up to me whether or not I want to change it. But there are some agents that will say, listen, this is how you need to fix your... Unfortunately, I had a friend who went through that experience where she had an agent that over-edited everything she did. Wow. And it actually ended up ruining her work. Ugh. And she never was able to get it published. That's a bummer. Right. And then that agent dropped her as a client. So it wasn't a good situation. So... Be, be cautious, um, and you can also talk in advance before you decide to, to go with a particular agent. You can talk to their clients, and, and they're willing to let you, you know, they're welcome to let you talk to your clients. They're like, oh, sure, I, you know, I, I work with so-and-so. These are some of my clients. And you can speak with their clients and find out what the agent's style is by talking to the clients. And so that way you'll know, okay, this person is going to be hands-on. I don't want that. I want someone who's just going to let me do my thing And it's just going to send my stuff out there, right? And you want to also make sure you're working with an agent who's not overrepresented, who's not over, who doesn't, basically who doesn't have too many clients.
0: Because then they have no time for you,
1: basically. Right, exactly. Because they're going to have a couple big names that they want to, that they care about, that they follow up on the time. And then they're really just, I don't want to say they're using you as, you know, to make a little extra money on the side, but you're not going to get the quality attention that you deserve if they have way too many clients. So. Cool? Yeah. All right. So, um next week we're going to be talking about how to write a query letter that you can send to those agents and editors. But at first I like I said this week I just wanted to talk to you about agents and make sure you know that I especially if you're writing uh, novels, like ch- picture picture books are a little bit different just because and I'm not trying to trivialise it, but because there are less words that you're writing. <laughs> and you're going to be splitting that money, you know, with an illustrator. So, it's picture book writers. I I can see why peop, people don't have agents for those, but I think it's very important, you know, when you're writing novels that you get an agent to represent you because of the contract stuff, because they can get you in places that you couldn't get in on your own because they know the right people and because they're willing to do things that you might be too afraid to do because you don't want to offend a publisher. Makes sense. All righty.
0: All right. Thanks, Joe.
1: Thanks, Ariel.
0: All right. See you next time, everybody.
1: Thanks, guys.